This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast. On this Tuesday, October 18th, 20 days out till the midterm elections, the most important election in our lifetimes. Ah, we got some cool weather this morning, maybe some snowflakes might be falling this afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. And these are your top five headlines for this Tuesday morning. Let's start off with headline number five. Missing in action. Ed Morrissey, Democrat gubernatorial nominee Katie Hobbs, followed her Republican opponent in the Arizona race, Carrie Lake, who blasted Hobbs for ducking any debate before the election. Lake told CNN's Dana Bash on State of the Union that Hobbs was a coward for refusing even a single debate. The people of Arizona will never support and vote for a coward like Katie Hobbs, who won't show up on a debate stage, Lake declared. She's single-handedly destroying a 20-year tradition of gubernatorial debates because of her cowardice. Immediately afterward, Hobbs appeared and Bash pressed her on both the debate question and on what limits she would support on abortion. And on both points, Hobbs proved Lake correct on cowardice. RNC research. Why is Arizona Democrat Katie Hobbs afraid to debate Carrie Lake? Well, listen, Carrie Lake has a really good shot at winning the governor's race down there in Arizona. She's very clear. She's fearless. She's not a coward. She's very clear on her message. She knows exactly What's important for Arizona, the border, taxes, getting rid of uh, indoctrination in in, uh, public schools. Katie Hobbs is just a far-left liberal, and she's afraid she can't stand up for the record of the Biden administration. So she's running with her tail between her legs, and Carrie Lake is just uh, mopping her up. So you're looking at uh, the potential of the next governor in Arizona. I think she'll be a great governor. She knows how to work the media after spending her career as a journalist in the state of uh, Arizona. And she's uh, taking Trump's lead. She's, she watched the master at work, and she's patterned her speech, patterned her message after the America First doctrine. All right, headline number four, education, the sleeper issue of woke-centered midterms. Hugh Hewitt. Parents of school-aged children will be a big part of the red wave that I and many others see building in the midterms. Make no mistake, education is on the ballot in 2022, and voters are looking for someone to hold accountable, even parents living with the chaos in reopened schools and aware of the collapse of achievement tests over the past two years, weren't prepared for Wednesday's news that ACT scores for America's high school graduates had fallen to their lowest point in three decades. An issue most broadcasters try to avoid is gender dysphoria. 
First, there isn't hard data on the number of children impacted by it. Second, compassion ought to greet any child and their parents who are dealing with the condition. Cruelty toward any subgroup is always bad. Dr. Albert Moeller. In an interview with local television news, a Virginia legislature said that she would reintroduce a bill she had first proposed two years ago. She described the bill as an effort to protect LBGTQ children from abuse by their parents. But as the news interview made plain, her definition of abuse includes pushback from parents who do not facilitate necessary care for their LGBTQ children. You do not need much of an imagination to understand what the LGBTQ revolutionaries mean by necessary medical care. The proposed bill also defines criminal abuse by parents as the infliction of any physical or mental injury on the basis of the child's gender, identity, or sexual orientation. There's no doubt about it that education is at the top of the list of items that are up for the midterms. We saw it in places like Virginia with Yunkin, and we're seeing it now in other states, and also in the school board races and issues locally with the tiger moms out there running for school board positions after they realize some of the wacko stuff that's going on there with the indoctrination and all of the drag queen shows and LGBTQ perversions that are being taught to as little as uh, kindergartners. All of this cultural rot that has really crept into our public schools is most definitely on the, uh, on the ballot this year. And with the ACT scores as a result of the COVID shutdown and just the decline of public schools in general over the years, then the American people have had it. And we need school choice. We need to open these public institutions to more competition. Let the free markets run the education system. Many states have uh, passed the backpack bill. In Ohio, I know they have. They're pushing for that. Arizona has opened it up, allowing for the money to follow the student and give them options and opportunities to go other places, whether it's religious schools or charter schools or homeschooling. This is the future for education in America. Public schools have failed. It's time to open it up to other options and let the free market control in competition and allow for excellence in the greatest nation on God's green earth. All right, headline number three. Poll, 60% of Americans view socialism negatively. Majority of positives are Democrats. Fox News, the latest Fox News survey asks which of two messages voters would send to the federal government. A majority of 52% would ask Washington to lend them a hand, up from 44% in 2021. The eight-point increase comes mostly from a 19-point jump among Republicans as views among Democrats held steady. Still Democrats, 69% are much more likely than Republicans, 38% to say, lend me a hand. Interactive polls. Fox News poll, U.S. moving away from capitalism and more towards socialism would be a good thing, 32%. Bad thing, 60%. Katie Pavlich, but while the polling shows a significant number of Democrats do not agree socialism is a good thing for the country, 
It also confirms Democrats have, in fact, become the party of socialism as they push for implementation of the system. Yes, absolutely, this is true. We know this. The polls uh, confirm that. We see the push for socialism and totalitarian communist Marxist ideology where everybody's experiencing it. They're experiencing it on multiple levels, the cancel culture, all of the radical leftist media, how we have a two-tiered system, shutdown of the First Amendment, censoring speech on social platforms like Twitter, Google, and the likes, and also in the government. The government has become very much partisan. We have the DOJ that's run completely amok, and the FBI, partisan groups. And it's all been a long march through our institutions, starting out in our higher educational platforms, all the Ivy League schools, and it's taken root. And the roosters have come home to roost, as they say, and we're experiencing now the fruits of all those efforts. Now in our public schools, starting as little as kindergarten with the CRT and all of the perversions there on the sexual immorality drag queen shows that we're seeing. So, uh, yeah, it's a big problem, but um, I think there's still time to revive ourselves, to shake off this ideology. The more and more people see it, they realize how it's not something that we want here in America with our freedoms. All right, headline number two. Harvard Caps poll, Ron DeSantis ranks highest in net approval. First TV, a recently released survey conducted April 12th through the 13th by the Center for American Political Studies, CAPS, at Harvard University. The Harris Poll and Harris X found that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis ranks highest in terms of net approval among Americans. DeSantis is considered a top presidential candidate for the GOP in 2024 and the future of the Republican Party. From the Free Telegraph, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has the highest net approval rating among all American politicians, according to a mainstream poll. Well, that's no doubt about that. Yeah, Ron DeSantis is an excellent, excellent governor. I've heard him on the stump. He's very clear, very unafraid, confident. His policies have really excelled Florida. People are flooding that state because they love the freedoms that they have down there. I've been there a couple times since he's been governor, and it's a breath of fresh air to be in a state that where you feel freedom, you don't feel restricted, like in some states, especially Democratic-run states like California and New York, where you got homeless people on the streets, Washington, D.C. Things are uh, much different in Florida than other states. And uh, it reflects the leadership there. And Governor DeSantis is most definitely a presidential candidate in 2024. And he is most definitely the future for the Republican Party. All right, headline number one. 401ks, pension plans take massive hit. From the Daily Mail. Inflation has taken an average of 25% at least $2.1 trillion off the 401ks of American workers, despite President Joe Biden's insistent Sunday that the economy is strong as hell. The analysis was done by conservative economists Stephen Moore and E.J. Antoni, who said that the balance of Americans' 401ks will ruin your whole day, week, and month. 
They argued that over the past 20 months, the average American family has lost nearly $6,000 in purchasing power due to the rise in prices over wages. The average American's 401k plans have lost a colossal $34,000 in value, more than 25% of where it was a year ago, to a total of $2.1 trillion in losses. Representative Andy Biggs, the average American 401k has plummeted by $34,000 this year under Biden, but he doesn't care. He just keeps munching on his ice cream cones. From the Daily Wire, folks with pension plans are not safe from the economic havoc either. U.S. pensions funding has fallen 15% to $24 trillion in assets, wiping out two years' worth of gains. Unless the losses are recouped, the pension plans will either need a taxpayer bailout or reduce benefits for retirees. Yep, this is, uh, this is on Biden's watch. Uh, no doubt about it. Stock market was roaring under the Trump administration. As soon as the Democrats took control and they started printing money and spending money, we see inflationary pressures. The stock market crashed. And it's all on Joe Biden, baby. So you got 20 days to decide if you want to continue on this path, American people, or switch horses. What do you think? I think it's time to change horses and give the uh, Republicans some power, especially to put some checks and balances in this crazy spending and printing of money. And we need to keep the Republicans' feet to the fire, too, because they're just as guilty a lot of times in, in, as long with the Democrats on their voting. 20 days from now, let's uh, get out. Let's get out and vote. Let's get working. Let's get those signs out. Back your horses out there in, the, in your local areas. Vote in the good judges. Vote in the good politicians. Let's, let's take out all the rhinos and all the, the fake politicians earn it for themselves. And we just got 20 more days until the big event. All right, those are your top five headlines for this Tuesday, October 18th. Thanks for joining me on the Affirm America podcast, and we will see you tomorrow. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and God bless everybody out there in the great U.S. of A. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great, and we affirm it. 